I was just saying to Pastor Stefan that um, around Auckland there's been a number of men's meetings on a regular basis. So there's, there's something happening with the men uh, around the nation. So that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, you all, all the men are supposed to say amen. <laughs> I, my opening scripture, I had a, a thought here that I'd like to share with you just to show you where I'm coming from this weekend and uh, in, in my thoughts about what God is doing with us. Let me just uh, quickly find it there. Now, I always say that um, meeting on a, on a Friday night to hear the word of the Lord, um, there's got to be some wonderful things that God's got in reward for you. Amen. In Luke uh, chapter 1, um, it speaks about verse um, 16 and 17. I just wanted to read that. And he will turn many of his children of Israel to the Lord their God. Now they're talking about um, John the Baptist, and this is um, the angel Gabriel speaking to Zacharias about his son. And he starts giving him some instructions, and he says to him, and he, he, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will, he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And I want you to hear this part. To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And I believe we're in that season where God's speaking to us about making us ready for the coming of the Lord. And that's why there's such a hunger, I believe, in men's hearts. There's hunger in all of us to go deeper into the things of God and to be open to the Lord working in us, especially as men. Because men carry a particular anointing and calling in God for their family. Uh, they're head of the home. And that is, you know, the area that's under the most attack today, the family. But if fathers stand true and husbands stand true to the Lord, they will push back the tide of evil that's coming in to destroy family. Amen. So God wants us to take our rightful authority and our place of influence in family, in our churches, in our communities, um, in our businesses uh, where God has placed us to be those that will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So every time you share your testimony and you speak about the things of God, you are influencing others to turn their way back to the Lord preparing a people for the coming of the Lord. So each one of us carry a responsibility. And I believe in the nation today, God is awakening the church, awakening men in particular. And I'm seeing that in Auckland because of the, you know, the large geographical, um, you know, settings around Auckland. There are churches that have men's groups that meet, um, you know, on a regular basis. Every week they meet and they are stirring things up. They, they're getting you know, getting their hearts right for God. I was in South Auckland in a Manurewa church, and there were some men that had come out of gangs and men that have been in, in you know, in prison, 
but they brought their friends along. And uh, it was an amazing meeting because those men were looking for something, the genuine move of God in their lives. And, you know, when I saw the Spirit of the Lord move upon them, I was very encouraged by that. <clears throat> so one of the things that I, I want to just share with you tonight, and probably one of the most important things that men, I want you to catch something tonight for you and your household. For me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But what I'm talking about is an impartation that we carry as men uh, into our families, into our daily lives. And one of the things that God did with Abraham right in the beginning, he established a covenant relationship with, uh, with Abraham that flows on right to where we stand today. And that um, covenant blessing that God gave Abraham is available to us as men. But there's some sequences that we need to follow to release the blessing from us into our wives, into our children, and into our community that I want to touch on tonight. And I believe it's a key that I've seen work in many, many places around the world that have opened men up to understand the anointing that they carry as in authority, but also in releasing the blessing of the Lord into their household. And you'll just see what I mean. And I'll, because we, we're running a little bit late tonight, I won't cover all the scriptures, but I'll give you a reference to them. And my first reference is Genesis 18, 17 to 19. And this is God speaking to Abraham. He says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? And then verse 19 says, For I know him, and he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring on Abraham that to which he had spoken to him. You see, God has spoken things to us, and he wants to bring those things to pass. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ was redeemed, has redeemed us, each one of us, from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, because it is written, Cursed is he who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham, verse 14, might be upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. There's some real keys there for us. But, you know, it's so that we, are, we the redeemed, can walk in the blessing that God has promised through Abraham to where we stand today. And it's not, a, you know, it's not a stagnant thing, this blessing. It's something we carry, but we also impart. That's why the word says we bless to be a blessing. Amen. So there's aspects of your life that release blessing into your family, particularly into your work environment, into those that you come in contact with. That is a very vivid picture that I want you to try and pick tonight. So God promises all believers the blessing of Abraham. And he tells us that through Jesus, every curse was made null and void, that we might walk in the blessing of Abraham. That's the promise. You see, so how do we act re, you know, involve ourselves as born-again believers, as new creatures in Christ? How do we walk this blessing that God has got for you and got for us? And I believe your families will benefit from what I'm telling you tonight. 
So, you know, you're born of the Spirit. You're a new creature in Christ. The word, the word blessing speaks about to prosper us. And it doesn't necessarily always, always mean financially. It really means spiritually, emotionally, physically, and materially. That's the blessing that has been obtained for us in Christ. We've got to articulate that for our own lives. Genesis 27-34 speaks about Esau who heard the words of his father when Isaac, his brother, came along and stole the blessing from um, Jacob, came and stole his blessing from Esau. Um, and he, when, you know, when he heard this, when Esau heard that his father had blessed his brother and his brother had somehow slipped in the back door, convinced his father that he was Esau, the firstborn, to get the blessing, he was very, very upset. And Scripture says, uh, this, when Esau heard the words of his father, Isaac, he cried out with a great and exceeding gr uh, cry, a bitter cry, the word says. He said to his father, bless me also, O my father. Because he recognized that something had been imparted that was truly his, but he'd missed out on it. Um, so, you know, I, I want to, you know, reiterate that Often our parents, because we've grown up in a largely Western Greek type, uh, you know, civilization, the Hebrews had something very special. They understood the power and the principle about imparting blessing to their children and their children's children. So I've recognized that through many Hebrew people that I know, that they carry something. And the reason I want to say that to you is, because they interact the word of God into their family. So their family does get blessed. They don't just say, well, I'm blessed. No, there's something they do about it. They pray the blessing of God on a regular basis into their wives, into their children, into their business, into their business partners. And they, they incorporate prayer in a very, you know, very strategic way. So Hebrew parents would lay hands on their children from a very young age and impart to them from, you know, when they can first understand from, say, two to three years of age, they have interaction with their children on a weekly basis. So by the time they get to 13 or 14 years of age, they know they're blessed. You do that for, you know, 52 weeks for 14 years, you'll know that there's something in your life that has changed because you hear it, you receive it, and something gets stirred in your own heart, the power you know, the power of impartation is a very unique thing. So, you know, Rebecca, who was, you know, um, Isaac's wife, worked with um, Jacob to steal the blessing. Uh, that's how powerful they knew it would be if he could only just get hold of this blessing. Uh, it was that powerful that, sh that they were prepared to lie and deceive to get the blessing. Of course, God deals with Jacob in his walk after that, but I'm talking about, you know, the principle, how do we as, you know, what do we receive prophetically when we receive a blessing? And I always encourage um, fathers to, you know, to bless their wives, to bless their children, and those in the church that are single to get the leadership of the church to lay hands upon them and bless them so that they know they're blessed. So I understood this principle from listening to a Jewish man, you know, quite a few decades ago. And when I heard that my dad was going to, you know, my mom said to me, you better come and see your dad because he hasn't got long to go. And my dad was 89. 
years of age. And um, so I said to my mom, I'm coming. And so I said to my dad, look, dad, we, we know that God could call you any moment. But before he calls you, I want you to bless me. So he said to me, don't be silly, son, you're blessed already. So I said, no, no, I want you to take your hands, put it on my head and bless me. Okay, he said, oh, I can do that. He said, what do you want me to say? I said, Dad, I've got just the words for you. So I said to him, say these words with me, Dad, that the Lord would bless you, that he would keep you, that his face would shine upon you, that he would be gracious to you, that he would bless you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I bless you, my son. I said, how does that sound? He said, perfect. So my dad said that prayer with me, and we came into agreement that I was blessed by my father. And, you know, he stood in authority as my earthly father, but he imparted something into my life. So when I got home, I got my wife and my children, and I imparted the blessing to them. And I said to them, you will be a blessing. Um, so I interacted the blessing that I'd received from my father into my family. So I've always tried to use this principle um, and I've worked with my grandchildren too. I've spoken to them, I've blessed them, and I've prophesied into their lives. I've prophesied into my, my daughter's lives. And what they're doing today, if I look back, I say, that was the word of the Lord to me for them. And I stood in the gap and I spoke to my daughter, who's now got a business, that you will be a successful businesswoman, that you will have a spirit of you know, prophetic unction upon your life and that God would use you to speak. That's what she does today. My other daughter, I spoke to her about her, her calling to work with young people. And one day we were going to church and she was in the car with me. And I said, you know, you've got a special gift with children. She was 13 years of age, 14 years of age. And I said to her, God's going to use that to help children that have learning difficulties. But God has given you a special counsel of the Lord for your life. And he wants to use that in you to impact what people are, you know, young people are, are looking for because there's a lack of that in their families. Fourteen years later, I go to England and my daughter's teaching at a, a school in, uh, in London. And one of the uh, ambassadors, you know, sent all their children to private schools there. And she said to me, before you go on the weekend, come and just speak to our students and just come and see what I'm doing. So I went to the school and I sat around in, on the little tables and chairs that they had and they all asked me questions. Where are you from? What do you do? Oh, you, you minister. What does that mean? They were highly, you know, intelligent young children. But then as we're interacting there, the principal comes to me and says to me, can I have a word with you, please, uh, Mr. Butner? I said, sure. So I went up into the, uh, out of the, classroom door and we stood in the passage she said to me oh if you come here to take your daughter home so I said well I'm trying to encourage you to come back he says I want to say to you something I've I've been principal in this school for 10 years now she said your daughter has got a special gift from God to turn difficult children with learning difficulties on how to learn how to interact with grown-ups and how to bring healing into their lives and it just brought me to tears. She said she's got a, an amazing gift that is God-given. So I come back into the classroom and my daughter says, what was that about? So I said, no, the, the teacher came to remind you or remind me about the word I spoke to you 14 years ago has now come to pass. So she said, wow. 
You know, so I want to say to you, get your children, speak into their lives the, the, the hope and the future that God has got for their lives and minister into them so that it releases something from the heart of the Father. You know, that we were talking about, Jane, you know, Luke, the turning of the hearts of the fathers to this generation and the generation back. That's why there's a gap in our identity crisis because, you know, we as believers must understand the responsibility we have as dads to bring something in to the lives of our children so they will be able to cope in these times of turmoil and uncertainty out there because they know the love of the Father. I'm talking about our earthly father's love because we submit to our heavenly father. Out of our heavenly father's relationship, we impart something to our children that brings security, significance, the love of the father. The most important thing we can give them is that they know that they know they're loved because the world doesn't understand that language, but we do. So we impart that to our children. Amen. This is the word that um, Isaac spoke to um, Jacob thinking it was Esau and I'll just read it's two verses but these two verses say a lot this is his impartation into his son's life Genesis 27 verse 28 and 29 it says this therefore may God give to you of the dew of of heaven of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine let people serve you and nations bow down to you Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be anyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. That was his word to his son. So he spoke about material prosperity, political supremacy, the cursing of all enemies, fatness, which speaks about riches. That was his word to his son. And you you can follow, you know, uh, Jacob's success He was very successful. He was a prosperous man. He received the irrevocable blessing that came from the heavenly father to his father into his life, which he then passed on to his children. And that's available to us as men. So I want us to grab hold of this today. You know, if you look at Esau, who missed out on the blessing, the opposite happened. And this was the cry of his heart was, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and he wept because he realized he had missed out on something that had, you know, generational uh, impact. So today, we as men are in a difficult generation in the sense of world being turned upside down. But God has, in his wisdom, has drawn us into a place of believers spiritual men for a time and a season such as this. So in many ways, we say, thank you, God, that you considered us to be worthy to do the work of Jesus in this generation. Amen. Even though it looks difficult, but with God, all things are possible for those that believe. We truly believe. So we know that Esau was angry and hurt. And he said to his brother, the next time I see you, I'm going to take you out. (laughs) He wasn't a happy chappy. So, but I want to just speak to you about the keys that, you know, Jacob received and for you and I to understand the blessing in our family if we follow through with the word of the Lord. Um, He became, his family multiplied, he became a wealthy man, he conquered his enemies, and he ruled the land for many generations. 
So we can observe this, you know, in um, it's, it's probably not recognized much in our present uh, modern-day families. But let me say to you, this is available for you if you grab hold of the principles of what God's speaking to, that your children will be blessed and they will prosper in their lives according to the word of the Lord. Not according to my word or your word, but according to the word of the Lord working through you and out of you into that place of influence. Amen. So God's called us to be men of influence. Amen. We can change our circumstances by the very words we speak. So blessing is a custom that God introduced, and the function of that is God's primary mechanism of imparting deep awareness of his love comes through blessing. That's why the, you know, God spoke to, um, you know, to Abraham. He also spoke, you know, through to Aaron. He said to Aaron in, you know, number 624, that I want you to bless the people. And that's something that I try and do with my wife once a week when we break bread, is that I bless her, and in turn, she blesses me. So when my children are at home, uh, the Bible talks about it as being uh, a time of Eva Sabbat. It means that once a week, you take some time aside, and you, you, it doesn't have to be a long thing. You, you know, it takes two or three minutes to bless your family, six minutes at the most. But you break bread, you, cover, you renew your covenant with God. You then look at your wife, look at her in the eyes. You know, I make eye contact. There's something very powerful about looking at one another. You know, prophetically, when I'm ministering, I look. I don't look sort of, I look at what I see. And, you know, you've got to look at your wife and you've got to recognize the, the beauty of who she is to you in Christ. And say, thank you, Lord, you've given me my covenant partner, my covenant wife. We are in covenant. This isn't a contract. This is a covenant. Now I want to bless my wife tonight. Um, wife, if there's anything I've done that has hurt you or offended you during the week, please forgive me. Now I want to bless you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he bless you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. May your, may your health prosper and be in good health. And you speak that to your wife. And then in turn, she says the same to you. If I've offended you, my husband, in anything I've said or done or not done, please forgive me. You say you keep a short account of what's going on in your family life. You do the same with your children. Let them say, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom, for the home that you've given us, the food on the table, the blessing of day-to-day -day life. We now bless you, and we ask you to forgive us if we've been disobedient or done anything incorrectly. And you do it within a covenant of love with your children, and they know that you're doing it because it's a very special thing to do. You try and encourage a relationship of openness with them. And you find that you do that every week for one year, 52 times. Yeah, you might miss one or two, but, you know, restore it. Keep it going, and you see the difference it's going to make. And the Hebrews had that custom that they uh, followed that, that um, way of blessing. You will see the difference in your family. Why? Because impartation of words speaks about 
His image, in other words, God's thoughts towards us, His identity, you know, or your identity in the Father, your destiny in Him, what He's, you know, why am I here? I'm here to make a difference, to bless, to be a blessing. If you understand that about yourself, then you'll look for opportunity to be a blessing. I now work with a few ministries, and one of the things we try and encourage is that you know, people come for healing and they say, oh, you know, my shoulder's giving me such hard, you know, terrible time, I can't sleep at night. We say, let's bless your shoulder tonight. You know, instead of speaking healing on it, we speak blessing on the shoulder. And many, many people have come back and said, you know, since you've blessed my shoulder, I've had no trouble with it at all. So, you know, it's something that, and often when we bless one another, you know, infirmities and afflictions leave because the blessing takes the place of that infirmity. So we try and encourage that blessing of God on and over our lives. So, you know, blessing is a direct link to the image of God. Um, it's imprinted on the inner man of every person that God wants us to see him as a God that, of course, there's a fear and there's the, the love of God works together. But our Father, we are in relationship with Him in earnest love and grace. He wants, wants us to bless as well as He wants to bless us. See, we've got to grab hold of that. We can't look at uh, the Father through the eyes of cracked lenses because our earthly Father might have treated us badly, not intentionally. He might have been distanced from you, away from you. But God wants you to know he's an ever-present father that wants to impart something into your life that's much deeper than what you're seeing right now in your life. Why? Because your children and your wife and your children's children can benefit from what God is imparting into your life. So when I look at my grandchildren and I prophesied into their lives a number of times, I can see them rising up. In, in a capacity to be an influence in their school, in their sports field, amongst their friends. I really see leadership on them. And I'm saying that's because of God's blessing on their lives. Amen. So I believe that there's a generation that's going to shine for Jesus because we understand these principles, amen, of the Lord. You know, we also got to be aware that at times the power of our words can turn blessings to curses. You know, I helped a man who said these words to his, to his daughter, not thinking about it until after I'd identified with him. He said, we, we were at his house and they were, the children were going out to a party and that. And he said to his daughter, if you keep dressing like that, you look like one of these prostitutes down the road, you'll become one of those. And I'd say to him, those words actually have a prophetic uh, implication for your, for your daughter. You need to reverse those and tell your daughter how beautiful she is and how loved she really is. Because, you know, the power of words out of a Christian's mouth is something that can turn, you know, things for good or for evil. So we've got to really weigh our words uh, in a very powerful way to recognize what God wants to do through us. The word bless means barak. It means to kneel before someone. So when a knight was knighted, he would kneel down to receive the blessing of the commission that was coming onto his life. And today we've lost that, um, you know, reverence to receive something. 
to, you know, to bless someone means to empower them to prosper. So tonight, I want to empower you to prosper, hoping that you will empower others to prosper in your own family. And ministry starts in our family, and we bring our family to the church where we continue to learn and to receive the prosperity of God's promise. Amen. So, you know, I, I just want to um, share with you um, the aspects of blessing, and then we can do some things tonight. You know, the Greek word to bless uh, means, it comes out of a Greek word called eulogy. And we know that when we go to a funeral, there's a eulogy. And we tell everybody how great Jack was, you know, when he was alive. But it's too late for Jack to receive any blessing because he's six foot down. He's out of, you know, the circulation of receiving any promise. We've got to tell people while they are alive. Is that okay? Don't wait until they passed on to... uh, gone to meet with their heavenly father the words are too late then they we say them with honor and reverence of course but say the words while we can encounter one another and just see the difference that it will make uh, to those around you amen empower them to prosper in god i bless you i impart to you vision you see, when you impart blessing, there's something of vision and the image of your personal life that you look at the landscape and you see something different about yourself because you know that you are called to be a blessing. See, a very simple illustration was when um, the Bible talks about Zacchaeus. The Bible says he was a short man. He was a rich man. He, he was the head of the IRS in his hometown. But he hears about Jesus coming into town. He climbs the tree to have a look to watch for Jesus to come. I believe the reason he climbed the tree was if he stood in the crowd there, they'd have worked him over and got their money out of him. But he climbs the tree to see Jesus. And what does Jesus say to him? Zacchaeus, come down from that tree because today we are going to have a meal together. And what does Zacchaeus say? He says, Lord, if I've defrauded anybody, I'll pay them back four times. I will now use my money to be a blessing to my city. Immediately, Zacchaeus finds his point of significance because God speaks to him. The invitation in Christ is come. Let's have a meal together. Let's do the fellowship and relationship thing together. You see, as soon as we invite people into that place of relationship and opportunity, something turns for them. They find a significance and they become a blessing. The people in the town did not know up until him, Zacchaeus, meeting Jesus, that this man was called to be a blessing in his town. But God turns him around in Christ by saying, Zacchaeus, today, something's going to happen for you. Amen. The simple invitation of words. So what I want to just share with you um, a little bit is um, there are seven things that the Bible talks about to, you know, when to receive blessings and what, you know, what the Bible talks about um, are the opportunities. At conception, we bless. When a child is in the womb, we bless. When a, the, the, at birth, we bless the child. At infancy, we bless the child. At the age of puberty or the, the rite of passage, you know, when a young person then gets given the keys of authority, we bless. At the time of marriage, we bless. And then at old age, we bless. Then the children should bless the elderly. 
Today we want to turn the lights off for our elderly instead of blessing them. You know, we, we've lost the principles of God's blessing. If you want to be blessed in your life, bless your father and your mother. That's why I said to my dad, you bless me, but I'm going to bless you too because you have been my father and I want to honor you for what you've done. So honor is a great thing in the aspect of passing on and giving away things to one another. It's a real key that I want you to understand today. So, you know, society today systematically eroded the spiritual culture of blessing. You don't see it. You, you don't, you, know, you hardly ever hear about it. But I, I want to re, rekindle it tonight, if I can use that term. God wants us to lead people through a spiritual process resulting in a spiritual experience of being blessed by their fathers and their mothers. Amen. So get your wives to bless the, um, the, your daughters. Even you as a father, you bless the sons and the daughters and the grandchildren. You impart something, a change, exchange that takes place. Uh, often this has been lost in many, many areas, but it's, it's not a long thing. But to convey a message, as I said, you know, get um, the eye contact going. Um, and I believe that, you know, the prayer covers three topics. You know, if there's anything that you've done wrong, I'm quick to repent. Forgive me, wife. Forgive me, my son, if I've wounded you or said anything to hurt you. I pray thanksgiving for you. I thank God for your life. I thank God for the generosity that you bring into my life. You know, you say that to your wife, and I'll tell you what, she's going to, you know, really embrace you and say thank you. Uh, we don't realize the power of thanksgiving. And then number three, we pronounce the blessing over spouses, over our spouse and our children. We declare that they are blessed. Amen. Three, uh, three John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul will prosper. Amen. So we want to prosper you in every area of your life. So I, I just really want to share this with you in closing, and then I'm, we'll do some blessings tonight. Uh, the th three basic parts of blessing that take place, um, how do we bless? Meaningful touch. You know, if, you're, if you know, I just say to my, my dad, when I got born again, uh, my dad wouldn't hug. He would shake your hand or, you know, he'd, you know, he, but he, he couldn't, he was never hugged by his own father. So I said to him one day, I said, Dad, you need, to, you need to hug me. You need to give me a hug that you show your love. And it took him a while to break that and be able to get in and, and give me a hug and communicate warmth. The laying on of hands and the anointing is something that we all can do. But giving someone a hug, a holy hug, is something very, very powerful. It speaks about meaningful touch. Husbands, touch your wives. Tell them you love them. Give them a hug. You know, there's something very powerful in that. And then there's the spoken word, words of love, words of blessing, words of honor, words of significance. Turn people around. Prophetic words will inspire things in your life to turn things around uh, to the good of God. Amen. The next one is uh, placing high value 
In other words, respect and value. We should, as the body of Christ, we should value one another in honor and respect one another in all the things that we do. The same then should be imparted to our families that they are blessed and honored through the fact that you have placed high value upon who they are in your circle of influence. Amen. And then special future, a hope, a vision, a future, a dream that they carry. I speak to my children's dreams. Um, you know, my daughter's got a business in Rotorua. The, you know, through the COVID time, her business was blessed exceedingly abundantly. She came to me one day and said, Dad, I just do not understand how I can be blessed when everybody else is struggling in their business. So I said, well, just thank God for it. Just say, Lord, thank you for your abundance blessing in my life. For our family, you know, for the, the benefit that they receive from the business. So, you know, we speak into those things. And then the last one is active commitment to fulfill the blessing. In other words, do some things to be a blessing. Impart to one another. You know, if you've never, if you don't, if your heavenly, your earthly father has gone to be with your heavenly father, get your spiritual father, your pastor to lay hands upon you. Uh, you know, and I've seen that with orphan children that have come into the church where they've had no fathers. I've said, let the parents in the church, your spiritual parents, your head, lay hands upon you, bless you, and your life will change forever. I've seen that repeated over and over and over. So we know what to do. So there's two, two ways that impartation takes place, from God himself directly. We know that in Numbers 11 that God you know, imparted to Moses directly, and then he said to Moses, now you know what I've given you, you give to the 70 elders. But that was a direct transfer from God to Moses but then Moses' responsibility was to bless the 70 elders so they could do the work that Moses was doing. So it started right off in that uh, early time. And then um, Paul, so that was Numbers 11, 16 to 17, if you're looking for a reference. The anointed, get anointed men and women to lay hands upon you. Paul says in Romans 1, 11, I long to be with you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you, may, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So there's always in the Bible, it talks a lot about impartation. And we, tonight we're talking about the impartation of the blessing of the Father in our lives. And once you've received it, look for the outworking in your own life in the future. Amen. So... I won't go through each one of the, the meaningful touch, uh, you know, words spoken. I think you know what I'm talking about there. Look for opportunities to impart particularly words. Uh, you know, if I can emphasize one thing tonight, recognize that prophetically God wants to speak through us as men, that the gift of prophecy was given to the church to build up one another in the work of the Lord. Amen. And that's what we want to do is we want to build each one other, each of you up, that you exceed as in, in what you do exceedingly abundantly above all that you even thought or asked is possible. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is working out of you. If we understand that and, and work that out in our lives in the power of God, we will do extraordinary things for the Lord. Amen. So... Yeah, so tonight um, I, I want us to have a time of impartation. 
Um, I know it's a bit late, and I don't want to make you late for supper, uh, but uh, I thought, yes, yes, our opportunity. You can blame Air New Zealand for making you late tonight, but when you get home, just give your wife a hug and tell her you're blessed, um, that we uh, have a time of just imparting to one another. So I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Stefan to work with me, and, and we will just you know impart a, a blessing of the Father to you, and then your job is to get your wife, your children, your you know, neighbors, your friends, impart something to them as you get an opportunity to do that. I did that to my neighbor. Um, I came out one morning. I was going for a prayer walk. I saw him there, and I said, Mark, how are you this morning? Oh, he said, it's terrible this morning. He said, my, my daughter's uh, just given birth to two children. They're in hospital, and the one is not breathing, and in the incubator, things are bad. So I said, Mark, I'm going to be praying for that your granddaughter to be healed quickly in the Lord. And I knew he wasn't a believer, just, you know, some of the things I've heard him. Uh, so we just understood one another as being, you know, poles apart in that way. But I said to him, we're going to pray for the blessing of the Lord. Mark comes back that night. I miss him. The next morning I look for him. I said, Mark, how's that grand? He says, you won't believe it. There was a miracle. That she's now out of the incubator and she's with her mom, recovered, recovering. Thank you for your prayers. So there was something started there. A little while later, the second one got ill. So Donna, his wife, phones Linda and says, Get your husband to pray. The second one sick. So Linda says, we will pray. So we pray and we get the feedback. No, you know, something's happened to the second one. She's out and she's well. So we started working as, you know, imparting to them the blessing of the Lord in prayer and in faith. Amen. And I want you to look for those opportunities because God will open doors for you to be a blessing. Amen. You're not just blessed because you blessed which is part of it, of course, but you bless to be a blessing and look for the blessing opportunities in God. Amen. So I thought that we'll, we'll just do this thing quickly, but we not too quick, but quick enough to impart a blessing to you. And if you want to you know, receive a blessing, come and stand here and we'll just lay hands upon you and bless you. Is that all right? I think it's a good thing for a Friday night. <laughs> Okay, brothers, well done. We can just do it, eh? <laughs>